Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. And so Father Almighty God, we come before you tonight. Holy Spirit, we ask tonight for a very special night. We pray, O oh Lord, that as we come before your word, you change our prayer lives. Father Almighty God, we ask in the name of Jesus that you cause our prayer lives to change fundamentally. We thank you for your kindness. Father, make prayer simple. Make prayer habitual for us. Make prayer normal. Father, we worship you and we thank you. We thank you for all that you have done. In Jesus' most holy name, amen. Um, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, um, we had a wonderful, wonderful time last week. It was, it was really a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And so hopefully tonight will be just as much fun. We're looking forward to it. And so ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be looking at the subject, or we're going to be looking at prayer um, as we continue from on our journey in prayer. But tonight we're going to be looking at one of the ingredients of prayer that make all the difference. And so, ladies and gentlemen, as we, as we do so, let's begin. And so let's turn in, in, to a particular place in the Bible. Um, it's been on my heart for the, for the last few days. Please turn in your Bibles. And so we're going to discuss, start our discussion here to Mark chapter 11, verses 22 to 24. And Jesus is speaking about prayer. And we're just going to take on what he says. Um, Mark 11, 22 to 24. And I'm going to read. I'm going to read from the King James Version of the Bible to start. Um, and so we're talking tonight about the element of faith in prayer. And that is the element that we have to believe the Lord when we come before him in prayer. And so Mark 11, verse 22 to 24. I'll briefly tell you the story before we, we, we get onto that. And so Jesus has just had a triumphant entry into Jerusalem. He has been hailed as the Messiah by the crowd. It's quite a remarkable um, story. He goes into the temple. He cleanses the temple, the temple, um, and miracles begin to happen. Depending on which um, accounts you read, um, it happens, whether it be in Matthew or in Mark. He cleanses the temple, drives out the money changers, and then he leaves, and he leaves to go to where he's, his lodgings are, and he goes through a place called Bethany. On his way back in the morning, the Bible says he's hungry. He comes to a tree, and, the, and it's the famous fig tree. And the Bible says he looks for fruit on the tree. He doesn't find it. And he says, no man eat fruit of you. No man eat fruit of you from this day forward. He makes a declaration. And he moves on. His disciples hear him make the declaration. The next morning, by the time they wake up, now if you understand a fig tree, fig trees take between seven to ten years to grow to full height. The fig tree that Jesus said, no man eat fruit of you from this day forward, had withered from the roots. Now, all his disciples are now amazed. We are in Mark 11. And so I'm just telling you the story from Mark 11. And so you can follow along from Mark 11, ladies and gentlemen. And so he tells his disciples, see what he does to the fig tree. They're quite amazed. And then he takes the opportunity to explain something to them regarding prayer and this is what he says 
The Bible says in Mark 11, 22, which is where we're going to look at first. Mark eleven twenty two, and the Bible says, and Jesus answering saith unto them, I'm going to read it in a simpler version in a moment. And Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. The Bible then goes on to say, and this is what Jesus now says. He says in verse 24, he says, therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And so Jesus says there is an ingredient to prayer and it's called faith. It is where we believe God. That means when we say what God says about something or we make a declaration based on our relationship with God, and Jesus says, as long as you believe what you say, when you come into the place of prayer, that you will be granted what you ask for. You'll be granted what you ask for. And so, ladies and gentlemen, let's look at that. The first thing we're going to look at, let's look at verse 22. So let's break it down a little bit. And then after our declaration, we'll do that for about five or 10 minutes. And then we'll look at what it means, because sometimes it can really get confusing. And so let's do that. So verse 22 is where we'll start. And verse 22 says, and Jesus answering says unto them, have faith in God. Now, this is what it says in the King James Version. Um, when you have, when you look at it in, um, let's say the literal translation, I'll just read it for you. It says, and Jesus answering, Jesus said unto them, have faith of God. That means have the God kind of faith. So the Bible in basic English says, and Jesus answering says, have God's faith. Now pause for a moment. When we say have God's faith, it simply means when God makes a statement, his belief in himself and his ability, he has no doubt that when I say something, it will come to pass. Now, ladies and gentlemen, what I want you to realize is let's pause for a moment because that is possible for all of us. So when you come into the place of prayer, you've got to realize you've got to have faith. You've got to, you've got to believe God. So let's look at what that means. Um, and in, in as simple terms as possible. So what does it mean to have faith? Turning your Bibles, please. Um, turning your Bibles, please. I'm going to go to a, a, a famous verse. Hebrews 11, 1, and we're going to read to verse 6. Hebrews 11, reading from verses 1 to 6. I'm going to leave that open on one screen for, for me for a moment. And here we go. Hebrews 11. This is what faith, this is what the Bible says about faith. One of the most famous declarations of faith says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. It's where we, we come to believe. So faith in itself. So let, let's keep reading so we'll know what it is. The Bible says, for by it, the elders obtained a good report. That's Hebrews 11, 2. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Now pause for a moment. We're going to have a look at that just for a moment. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So Wherever you, when we want to find out what does faith look like, we can look at how God created the world. And I'll just use one example for time. If you look at the first time we see in Genesis chapter one, reading from verses one to three, the Bible says when God is confronted with a challenge, the Bible says he said, let there be light. And there was light. He's made a statement. And the Bible says, 
what he said became a reality. Please remember, you and I are made just like our father. That means he's given you and I the same ability to make a statement and for God to back it up and to bring it to pass. And that's what he wants us to have when we come into the place of prayer. But I'm going to keep reading because I don't want to get too technical on faith tonight. I want to just make it very simple. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm going to come to... Fantastic. The questions are already coming in. So this is why I enjoy the Bible study. So let me keep going just for a moment. I will come to your questions. Now, if Hebrews 11 verse 4. Verse 4, the Bible says, By faith... Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained a witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it being dead, by it he being dead yet speaketh. This, so that was the Cain and Abel story. Five, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found, because God translated him, for before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. Now let's notice, there's nothing in the Bible or there's very little in the Bible about what Enoch did or said. But there is a description. The Bible says that he walked with God. And so we must realize faith will come and we'll explain what faith is in a minute. So Abel gave a gift and he says, God says that was faith. Enoch walks with God and the Bible says that's faith. But now we come to verse six and verse six really helps us. The Bible says, but without faith, it is impossible to please it. That is, please God. And the Bible then says the following. For he that cometh, I'm using the old King James for a reason. For he that cometh to God must believe. Now, this is the word I want you to remember. That he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Ladies and gentlemen, just before we go to the declaration, notice what the Bible says. The Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to, to please God. Then the Bible says that for anyone that comes to God, they must believe. That is to accept what God says as true, with or without evidence, based upon his personality his character, and his ability. And the Bible says, when you come like that, when you come like that before God, you are deemed to have faith. That means you believe that God can do what he says. But I will come to that in a moment. So we'll break to take our declarations. It's 714. And so let's say that together, ladies and gentlemen. Oh Lord, we are your people, called by your name. We humble ourselves and we pray. We seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord. Forgive our sins and heal our land. In Jesus' name we pray. Last part. We declare our land is healed in the name of Jesus. And so, ladies and gentlemen, Amen. And everybody said, Amen. Okay. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we realize when the Bible, when Jesus says, this is we'll have God's kind of faith, and then he breaks it down. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, 6, that faith and belief, same thing. So, what is faith? Faith is believing that God is who he says he is that he can, can, has, and will do what he says he will do. And that he is willing to do for you what he has promised. And so ladies and gentlemen, faith is simply believing that when God gives you a promise, that's it. And then this is the key part. Uh, this is the key part. We 
then process what God has said into words, thoughts, and actions. And the Bible says when you have done so, when you come to God in prayer with that, you realize Jesus says, whatsoever you pray about is granted. And it's the beautiful, beautiful element of faith. And so this is what I want us to talk about. So the Bible says, have God's kind of faith. And so what is God's kind of faith? God has absolute confidence that his world, that his word will always come to pass. Always come to pass. Absolute confidence. Isaiah 55, reading from verse 11, he says so openly that my word will not return to me void once I once it departs from my mouth, it will prosper in the thing where where I sent where to I sent it where I sent it to. So, ladies and gentlemen, when we come into the place of prayer, notice there is a before you come into the place of prayer, there must be a place where you have come to a belief that God is who He says He is. Now, that will require. This is the beautiful thing about Bible study. So, where do we find out? about God from the Bible. Where do we find out about God? We hear what he has done for others. We see what he's done for us. We remember what he's done. And all of these build our faith level. And we're going to look at some examples in a moment. But Jesus says, so Jesus says, have the God kind of faith. So that's Mark eleven twenty two. We now realize that faith is pretty much the same as believing God, believing as accepting God as true and that he will is who he says he is. He can do what he says he will do. And he's willing to do it for you when you come before him. So when Jesus, Jesus says, have God's kind of faith, that means literally what you are about to say next, have absolute belief that it's going to come to pass and we're going to have a look at that in a variety of areas a variety of areas but let's have a look at mark eleven twenty three. going back to our original story and the bible says the following and jesus says this jesus says for verily i say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain be thou removed and be be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe there we go again. Jesus says, have faith in verse 22. And he says, believe in verse 23, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. That means there's a process of belief. Now let's also understand. Belief, ladies and gentlemen, comes when we are used. My favorite word is to process is to process God's word into words, thoughts, and actions. So that's my favorite word. So my, my favorite word is when we process God's word. So that, and let me go over that. So just to make it really simple, that means we spend time studying the word, reading the word of God, reading the Bible, that means we spend time studying it. Now, I've gone over this before, but I'll do it today in a little bit of detail. Read, that means you're going through what is written in the Bible. You're reading through it, reading it like a story, but you're also making sure that specifically to the things that you are about to pray about, you read what the Bible says. And if God says this is something that I am, that I do, or that I promise, then we accept that as true. Second thing you do is study. Study is where you look deeper, you look at the circumstances around, you read a concordance, you may get a bit more information, read a book on the subject, but you build up your faith in a particular area. So you build up, so you, you study the word. So that means where you, give, you pay more attention to it, to study. Then the big one comes, which is meditation. Meditation is where you allow the Holy Ghost to explain it to you. So what do you do? You say it over and over and over again. You repeat it. You think about it. 
you imagine it, you see, uh, literally, you literally immerse yourself in the word. And it's a very, the word meditation means to mutter, to repeat and to say over and over again. Then the Bible says, you confess it. That means you get to a point where you realize, you know what, this is mine now. I believe God. And so I confess it. That means you may say it out in prayer as Jesus did that day. You may declare it over yourself as Jesus did. You may speak it over yourself, speak it over a circumstance, or you just literally may, based upon what you now believe, make what we, a declaration, say a prayer, that Lord, this is what you've promised to do. Do this on this person's behalf. The last part, ladies and gentlemen, is when you now act on the word. That's the big one. After you've done everything, you act because the proof that you have believed something is when you take an action. And I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. Um, and it's not, it's not a difficult one. Think about it. If you think about uh, the chair you're sitting on, that might be a more comfortable one. It might be, it might be in your living room, your study, in your car, the whole thing. Ladies and gentlemen, notice when you go to sit down, you don't read the engineer's report. Why? You have a belief that it will carry you, that based on all the information that you have, based on the fact that I sat on this chair yesterday and nothing has fundamentally changed between yesterday and today, I can sit down with confidence. That, ladies and gentlemen, in very simple terms, is belief. And Jesus says, when you come to pray, based upon what God has said of himself, your situation, what you're going through, then what he says is believe. That means if it happened yesterday, it is going to happen today. He says, when you do so, if you believe in your heart and you do not doubt, the Bible says you will have what so ever you have said. So when you come into the place of prayer, why am I, I'm going over this deliberately, you'll understand in a moment. So Jesus lays out the principle and the principle is unbreakable. That means if you believe with your heart and you confess something with your mouth, there will be a response, Jesus says, from heaven. Um, you'll find that in scripture, um, it's one of the, it's one of the, <laughs> it's one of the more popular ones. Romans 10, 10. Romans 10 verse 10 says, for with the heart, man believes. Okay. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation the principle is unbreakable you believe with your heart first you confess with your mouth second and then jesus applies this principle to prayer and he says therefore i say to you whatsoever things you, what things soever you desire when you pray believe that you receive them and you shall have them now how will i know that i'm going to receive them it is because the bible promises me that this will be the case and i have processed that fact so i've processed that section of the bible i've processed it that means i have read it I've studied it, I've meditated on it, I have confessed it, I've acted on it, and more than likely I'll have already got results. So by the time I come into the place of prayer, I actually have come to a point where, you know what, I know this, when it comes to God and the word, this works. And 
what I don't want you to, what I don't want you to have in mind is that it's magic. No, it doesn't, it doesn't always start like that. God will answer your prayers as a very young Christian, knowing that, I mean, you've just started. You, literally every prayer you ask for will be answered. It, it's quite interesting. But as you grow in him, as you walk in the word, he wants you to grow up in the word. And so you, the more you, then he'll expect you to study. He'll expect you to read. He'll expect you to discover what he wants. He'll expect you to study the word and put it to the test. And as you do so, your faith level will increase. And so, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus says this. Jesus says, the ingredient you have to add to all your prayers is that you believe. Believe who? Let's settle something. We pray. God answers. That never changes. And so when Jesus is saying believe, it's belief in the fact that God will hear your prayer. So it's belief in the fact that God will answer your prayer. Belief in the fact that God is true to his promises. Belief in the fact that when you pray, God will answer. And people may say, oh, but that's a bit difficult because I can't see him. Or it may never have happened before. Notice, if you've just been given a ATM card, and you've never used it before, but they give you a little leaflet that, okay, go to that machine and someone may stand beside you and say, okay, make sure your pin is right. Okay, put your card in this slot, put a number in, okay, key in how much you want to take out and then just wait for the magic to happen. In the very same way, the way you do not see what goes on between the time you press the buttons and the time the money comes out to you, you don't know what happens but you don't move. Why? Because you believe based upon what you have been told that the money that is in your account is going to come out of the machine. And it does most times. And it comes out of the machine. And all of a sudden, now you're the next time you come to the bank, you don't get the lady to read the leaflet. You don't necessarily need her to stand beside you. you say, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. Why? I've done it before. So I'm actually quite confident of this process. Okay, <laughs> I'm very confident of this process. <laughs> Someone said magic. Uh, only if you have it. <laughs> well, you know what? If you go to if you go to an ATM machine and you don't have any money, it will tell you. So it, you will get an answer. And I, this is and I you know why I love that comment. I really do. Notice, I know it's a poor example, but keep this in mind when you go to an ATM machine. Whether or not you have money, it will answer you. Answer you. Lovely comment. Now, this is what I want you to realize. The very same way, when you go to God, he will answer you. And so Jesus says the ingredients that you have to add to your prayers is belief that God will do what he says. Now, let's see if I can make it a little bit simpler um, and maybe a little bit more fun, just a little bit simpler. So let's look, what I want to do is I, I want to look at the key element I want you to grab tonight is this, is belief. So how do you know that you have believed? How do you know? Because Jesus says it, that's the key. If you come to God in belief, what you ask for shows up and so the question you have to ask okay yeah the question you have to ask is you're going to we have to believe so how do i know that i believe so let's let's look at a few stories um because sometimes it so and hopefully this will simplify it because the technical bit is you process the word of god into an action so let's look at some examples in the Bible. And then that will help us realize that when this happens, I have believed and therefore I can expect an answer. So let, let's look at a few things. Couple of examples. Um, let's please turn it. I'll tell you a few stories and I'll tell you where they are. I may not read all of them, but I'll pick, I'll pick on bits and pieces because, and, and it's, it's a fun way to learn the Bible. Um, 
turning your Bible, please. Well, just to give you a story, this story is found in the book of Genesis, chapter 30, 25 to 43. So Genesis, I'll put I'll put the reference for you. Um, I may not read everything, but I'll read enough so that we know. So Genesis 30. And we're going to be reading from verse 25. Genesis 30, verse 25. Now, before I go on, just before I go into that, um, there was a comment and it said, a very polite comment, and it said, um, based on what we said about we are made like our father, it says, isn't this comparing ourselves to God? Now, this is the beautiful thing about the Bible. Genesis 1.26 says that it is God's intention that you are made like him. So when he made you, both in makeup, personality and character, and with the abilities that he has granted to you, he says, you are like him. The Bible says that Jesus says God is his father and God is our father. So when we say that we are like God, it's not rudely comparing or rudely saying that God is human. No, 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 no. It means that we are God's children. God is God almighty. We are growing up into Jesus Christ. By the time we get to heaven, we will be exactly like our father. On earth, we can, and this is the beautiful thing about the Bible, we can do all the things that God says we can do. And just to drive home the point, and I thought that this is why this is a really good comment before I go on to give you some examples, and I will give you some examples, I want you to notice something. Two scriptures, I'll put them into the chat, and this is why I really love the Bible study. Luke 1, 37, and Mark 9, 23. And I they say very similar things. And so I'm going to turn there. Okay. I'm going to turn there. So Luke 1, I can quote them, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to read them for, for accuracy. The Bible says, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Do we agree? So that means for with God, nothing shall be impossible. I, I won't go into actually what the literal translation means as, as much as I would love to. But the Bible says, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Then the Bible says in Mark 9, 23. Jesus is now speaking and he's speaking to the man with a, 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 a son who is possessed with a... a troubled with a with a demon and he's asked him to help him he said if you can do anything please help us and jesus said mark 9 23 if thou canst believe all things are possible to him that what believeth ladies and gentlemen that means god says for with me all things are possible with you, because you are my child, all things are possible. The only ingredient that must be created, notice what Jesus says is, believe, accept as true that God is who he says he is. He can do what he says he can do and has promised you, and he is willing to do it on your behalf. Okay, Jesus says, so please remember, when I say you are like God, I'm not blaspheming. I know it sounds really weird, but you are God's child. Romans 8, 14 says, they that are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Ladies and gentlemen, please understand, God made you to function. Jesus Christ is our example. And so please hold on to that. And I thought that was a really good comment. To, to, I thought it was a very, very good question. So when we say, yes, you are made like your father, you are, you have the same, 
same personality, makeup and character and have been granted the same abilities. And so hold on to that. Now, don't let the devil tell you any different. That means in certain circumstances, and this is what we're going to look at. One of them is in the place of prayer. When you do what God says you should do, you will get the same results that God will get in that situation. Great comment. Really great comment. Thank you very much. And so let's have a look at a couple of examples. So I'll, I'll pick on a few. So let's look at Jacob's example. God shows Jacob a dream. Okay. God shows Jacob a dream. And the dream tells him this is what to do when you are faced with a challenge. And we will go to our scripture in Genesis 30. And reading from verse 25, I'm telling you where they are, but I'll tell you the stories. And I want you, I'll, I'll make very simple statements. And the Bible says um, that Jacob is about to leave Laban and he says to Laban, um, I'll read. And in this case, ladies and gentlemen, I'll read from the Bible in basic English. Um, I'll try and read a little bit quickly because I want to go through quite a few. The Bible says, now after the birth of Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, let me go away to my place and country. Give me my wives and children for whom I have been your servant and let me go for you have knowledge of all the work I have done for you. Verse 27, Laban said, if you will let me say so, do not go away, for I have seen by the signs that the Lord has been good to me because of you. Say then what your payment is to be, and I'll give it. Then Jacob said, you have seen what I have done for you and how your cattle have done very well under my care. For before I came, you had little and it has been greatly increased. And the Lord has given you a blessing in everything I have done. But when am I to do something for my family? And Laban said, what am I to give you? And Jacob said, do not give me anything. But I will again take up the care of your flock if you will only do this for me. And then he comes up with the most amazing condition. He says, let me go through all your flock today, taking out from among them all the sheep which are marked or colored or black and all the marked or colored goats. These will be my payment. And so you'll be able to put my honor to the test in time to come. If you see up among my flocks any goats which are not marked or colored or any sheep that is not black, you may take me for a thief. And Laban said, let it be as you say. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let me put it in context. This is why I love reading the Bible. Laban is a class A criminal. I mean, he's class A. So what he does, he's, he's <laughs> I mean, he's a crook. What he does, he then sends his children into his flocks and he says, take all the speckled sheep and go three days journey away from Jacob. Leave him with all the plain ones. So basically, I will set him up to fail. Jacob doesn't panic. And Jacob then decides to do something really unusual. And he carves lines into pieces of wood. And whenever the strong sheep would come down to mate, he will put the pieces of wood in front of them. And they would mate in front of those pieces of wood. And even though they were plain, no marks, they would have speckled children. And that's how God blessed Jacob. And he did it time and time again. The question is, why would Jacob do something really unusual? Ladies and gentlemen, it's because he believed God. Now, this what I want to do is I want to show you a variety of scenarios where people have believed God. I'm not going to tell you all the stories, but a variety of scenarios. Because God, if when you read the story in Genesis 31, an angel had come to Jacob and told him, this is what Laban wants to do. This is what you should do. This is what you should do. Jacob, then when he did, how do we know Jacob believed God? When he was asked a question by Laban, he said, don't give me anything. Why did he do that? because he had believed, that means he accepted as true what the angel had told him. And so ladies and gentlemen, why am I giving you this? And I'm gonna give you quite a few more. I'm gonna give you as many as I can, as quickly as I can. 
I want you to realize what is belief. Belief is when you take the words of God. Jacob took the words of an angel and he converted them into an action. So when Laban said, what do you want me to do for you? Tell me your wages. He said, no, no, no. Don't give me any wages. Let me do this. And the Bible says God backed him up. That's what it means to believe. Now, let's look at a few other examples. Um, let's look at, yeah, this is, this is a fun one. I'll give you the scripture and I'll tell you the story. Because I re, I'm, 2 Kings chapter 4, reading from verses 8 to 17. Second Kings chapter four, reading from verses eight to 17. So the Bible, this is a different story. This is now the story about Elisha. Elisha um, is Elijah's successor. The Bible says on a, it fell on a day. That, that's a lovely phrase, not, not for tonight. He passes a particular Shunammite lady's house. The Bible says this lady sees him and realizes, you know what? That's Elisha. Elisha was very distinctive, very, very distinctive. He was bald-headed, which is very unusual um, in Israel. He was bald-headed, and the Bible says he passed her house. The next time he, she passed out, she had made up her mind that I'm going to feed this guy. So she didn't say, would you like to come in? The Bible says she constrained him. Constrain is a very polite term for she got in his way and said, you will eat in my house today. Wonderful story. The Bible records that at one point, she then decides to build a house for Elisha. Lovely story. Puts the bed there, puts a lamp there that whenever he's passing, he can rest. And he turns in there and he rests. One day, he says to the lady, what do you want God to do for you? The lady says nothing. Again, another, another story, another sermon. Um, but Gehazi tells him, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do, that she has no child. Her husband is old. And the Bible records that Elisha says, this time next year, you will have a child. The question is, so when did that lady believe God? Now, this is what I want you to notice. What did she do? There wasn't any major discussion between her and God that is recorded, but she took an action. So, her belief was verified by the fact that she decided to feed the prophet. And the story goes on. She has her son, and then her faith goes to another level. Different sermon. So let me give you another example. This is, this is <laughs> I'm going to give you two or three, and then, okay. Um, I'll give you two or three, and then I'll go on. <laughs> Mark 5, verse 25 to 34, okay? Mark 5, verses 25 to 34. That is the woman with the issue of blood. I'll put it in the chat. Mark 5, verse 25 to 34. Um, I'm going, let, let me, someone put something in the comment and I really appreciate that. And, the Bible, and what they said is she believed God immediately. Actually, ladies and gentlemen, let me go back. And this is why I love Bible study. This is why also I love the Holy Ghost and I love Bible study. The Shunammite woman did not believe God immediately. She believed enough to feed the prophet. That was fine. Then her belief grew and said, you know what? I'll build him a house. That was great. But when crunch time came, now please hear me well. When crunch time came, she, Elisha says, what do you need? She says nothing, which isn't true. The Bible then says that Gehazi said, oh, but she has no child. And her husband is old. When Elisha said, this time next year, you will have a child 
the woman says, do not lie to me, O thou man of God. I love that phrase because this is a man, a man of God, as you say. This is, this is him. And you say, do not lie to me. Notice, so let me say this. Please hear me. Faith and belief is progressive. It's not magic. It's systematic. God builds faith and belief in you, okay? God will build faith and belief in you. So don't panic if it's like, well, I don't have great faith. I don't, you know what? No, no, no. Wherever you are is great. The Bible says she didn't believe the prophet that day, but she got pregnant eventually. So she must have believed him eventually. By the time she has her child, her faith goes to another level. And so I'm going to tell the story for the, for the, complete, for the sake of completion. The child dies. Her husband, who is wonderfully transformed, the child that she has dies at 10. She goes to find the prophet, and the prophet asks her three questions. And he's, I know I'm doing this for somebody, so I'm, I'm not worried. I'm doing this for someone. Please, ladies and gentlemen, just please flow. Whoever you are, this is your word. Hear me well. The Bible says she comes to the prophet. The prophet sees her coming and he asks her three questions. And he says, is it well with you? It is well. Is it well with your husband? It is well. Now, this is where her faith level got to. Her child is dead. And the prophet says, is it well with your child? This time, she says what only God could say. She says, fine. It is well with my child, but the child is dead. By now, she's speaking as God speaks. The, the Bible says of the Lord, I think it's in Romans 4. Yes, I think it's in Romans 4. The Bible says that God calls those things that be not as though they are. Notice where her faith, what's happened to her faith. Her faith has grown. So please hear me. Please hear me. Belief and faith grows i want you to remember by the time she come this woman was rolling but it wasn't instantaneous it was progressive are we together great comment again so let me give you one more the lady with the issue of blood the reason i love that story we don't we never know her name mark 5 reading from verses 25 to 34 i want you to realize the bible says something when she hears of jesus she makes a decision to believe that what Jesus, uh, who Jesus is and what Jesus can do is true. And then she processes it first into words. And she says, if I can only touch the hem of his garment, I'll be fine. Then she processes it into an action and she leaves where she is and starts looking for Jesus. She keeps going. And the Bible says that when she finds Jesus, she literally gets through a crowd, touches his garment, and the words that she has been saying for we don't know how long come to pass. When did she believe God? When she made the decision that I'm going to accept as true what the rumors, the testimonies, and the promises I know from the word, the, the word that they had at that point in time, the prophets and the Psalms are true. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to realize, notice in all three cases, how did we know they believed? It was by the actions that they took. Ladies and gentlemen, so what am I saying? When you come to the place of prayer, I want you to know, how will you know that you've believed? When you are willing to say before God, Lord, let this thing happen. And this happens. This is the key. When you pray, when you've made your declarations, when you've believed God, but there is an element that should reassure you that you have believed. Please turn in your Bible 
to Philippians 4, and we are going to look at 6 to 8. Philippians 4, 6. I'm going to pull that up in the Amplified Bible. Um, I'll pull it across here. Uh, because it, it, it's really beautiful in there. Philippians 4, 6 to 8. Okay. I'll read it in the King James Version. Um, okay, no, no, no. Actually, I'll read in the Bible in basic English, and I'll read in the Amplified. The Bible says, Have no cares, but in everything with prayer and praise, put your requests before God. This is the Bible in basic English. And the peace of God, which is deeper than all knowledge, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Verse 8. For the rest, my brothers, whatever things are true, whatever things have honor, whatever things are upright, whatever things are holy, whatever things are beautiful, whatever things are of value, if there is any virtue and if there is any praise, give thought to these things three stages number one present your prayers to god number two how do you know that you have believed god and that, and that god has heard you the bible says there will be an inexplicable peace that is all right and you know ladies and gentlemen that peace may not make sense but there's an assurance that you know what, I've done all I can do. All that's left is for me to control my thought life. That means, like Jesus said, I now expect what I have prayed for to happen so I can see the job coming. I can see the child showing up. I can see my, my life with God getting better. I can see the things that I've prayed for coming and I'm willing to walk with God for however long it takes. Why? Because I've believed him. The process I'm not in control of the result. I know for a fact, God will come through. And so ladies and gentlemen, this is the beautiful thing about prayer. How do you know you've believed God? There's a peace and an assurance. If you, when you hear the Shunammite woman say those amazing words, it is well. There was an assurance in that lady that said, you know, I'm not sure how God's going to work it out, but it's well. And this is what it means. So Jesus says, when you come into the place of prayer, so let's do a very quick recap. First, have God's kind of faith. That means your confidence in the word of God must be paramount. Why? If God promises it to you, he's not going to break his word on your behalf. He's God. And I keep that in mind, that this is God Almighty, the one who created everything. If he makes you a promise, he will not break it. That's the kind of confidence you have in the word of God. Then Jesus says, when you process what you read, whether it be a promise, whether it be a psalm, and it doesn't have to be much, whether it be a declaration, whether it be a story, whether it be a testimony that the Bible presents, whether it be a characteristic of God, you accept it as true. Jesus says, now translate that into a request that because it's, I can see it in the Bible, and I now know through reading, studying, meditating, confessing, and acting on it, I know for a fact that God will keep it. Then the Bible says, when you come into the place of prayer, come with that kind of confidence. That kind of confidence brings audacity. The audacity of a child that, you know what, God is my father, and he's going to grant it to me as he promised. The Bible then says, when you come out of that place, there will be a peace and a reassurance that will guard your hearts and minds. And then the Bible says, guard your thought life. See, think about where God has done it before. Think about God's personality and character. 
think about testimonies, repeat it to yourself, go over it with yourself. Anything that's honorable, anything that has a virtue, anything that speaks of the faithfulness of your God, stay in that place. The Bible says, because you will get exactly what you have asked for. The process has begun and God will bring you from there to here. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a key element in the place of prayer. Um, there was one question that I had, and it's this. Let me go back. I can... All right. Can you have faith and still have questions without being considered a doubting Thomas? Let's put it in context. Let me ask a question to you. If I was, if I was, if someone was to ask you, what's your name? Would, no matter what I say, I will not be able to convince you that your name is not your name. Because by virtue of experience, by virtue of the fact that you've seen in your documents, by virtue of the fact that everybody in your family calls you that, by virtue of the fact that is it the one thing that's been around with you all your life, by virtue of the things around your name, your confidence will be built. Faith is based upon the ability, the integrity, and the faithfulness of the God you serve. If there is a crack in the ability, the personality, the faithfulness of the God you serve, then a crack can appear in your faith. But if you find yourself asking questions, that's not a problem. It just means there's a little bit more you need to discover about God. And in all sincerity, some of the God's very comfortable with genuine questions. What he is not comfortable with is outright doubt. Where it is, God, you know what? I don't think you can do this. And you'll notice this in the Bible. Genesis 18 verse 14. God never leaves that kind of doubt unanswered. When he told Sarah and Abraham that you will have a child, the Bible said Sarah laughed. God responded. And he responded because it's, there is something God does not do. Because she, based on her circumstances, thought, that ah, no, 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 forget it. I mean, God, go and work on somebody else. God's, Notice what he said. Didn't challenge her, but he told her clearly. He said, number one, you did laugh. Number two, I will be back at this season. And I will do exactly what I says. And then he makes a statement. And this is the one thing I want you to take into your prayer life. He says, is there anything too hard for the Lord? And the answer is no. And so when we say our faith is built upon the word of God, yeah, this is key. It's the word of God that produces the faith you have, the same way gold produces a ring. That means if your faith and confidence is produced by the word of God, it will in and of itself remove the doubt. So if there are still questions, go back to the God you serve, ask him to clarify read the Bible a bit more, find a few more examples, find a few more stories, find a few more promises, and then try it in safe areas. But remember what I said, faith is built. Allow God to build your confidence in him. One last thing I want to say tonight, and then, then as we close, is this. I'm not sure who you are, but I genuinely believe that there are few people in here that may be believing God for a miracle. And I join my faith with yours and I have absolute confidence in the God we serve. I pray that this, and my prayer for you is very simple. I pray that this week, as you go into prayer, as you quietly believe what God says, as you go, whatsoever you're praying about, may God honor your faith with answers. May God give you the strength to continue if the process is still running, or may he grant you a miracle if the process is done. May God be kind to you. May God bless you. And may God reassure you 
as you go through this process. And so ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've had a wonderful night. Um, we've covered most questions, which is quite interesting. I hope it was clear. Ladies and gentlemen, have an absolutely wonderful night. May God bless you and may God keep you.